How's it going? Oh, it's it's going. How's it going with you? You said you're busy, so. Yeah, I am. It's just been well. I knew that I was going to be busy this week, regardless. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm playing in a pit orchestra for a musical, and yep. this is like our sort of tech week. So I am busy every single night this uh, entire week. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, yeah. So that's mm-hmm. busy, and also work is very stressful. Because I'll maybe tell you a little bit about it after we're done recording. Um, but basically due to coronavirus stuff and the fact that we run in-person schools, mm-hmm. that is causing a lot of stress for several people, one of them being me. Oh, gosh. I am so very sorry to hear that. Yeah, me too. Like I sort of knew. We got an email about it this weekend, so I sort of kind of knew what to expect, but it doesn't make it any less frustrating for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, you got plenty of toilet paper there, Grant. Oh my god. It <laughs> I when I first heard that I was so confused. Because like uh. So is it Okay, I'm just gonna ask you. So why are people stockpiling toilet paper? It's so that they have it so they don't need to go out if they like don't want to leave their house? Uh, my view of the situation is some people started freaking out and were worried about that, so they started getting it, and then it compiles from there where then people are worried, well, okay, I'm hearing all about these people taking toilet paper, which means I'm not going to have any toilet paper, so I better go out and get mine, and it just snowballs from there. Yeah. I think it okay. started uh, at the issue from what I understand, is that in various places there are, I don't know how to phrase this like very nicely, Um, my understanding is that there are various regions of the world, I know that this was an issue in Australia, where um, certain groups of people often react very poorly to this sort mm-hmm. of stuff and often prematurely buy out a lot of stuff leaving a lot of other people kind of screwed okay and so with that sort of recent historical understanding of how some people may react it's mm-hmm. like those people are still reacting that way but then the people who are aware of the, themselves potentially being in trouble then also try and get out in front of it and then it just spreads faster than the virus itself <laughs> yeah like I, th- I, was, I think it's more just the, like, once it starts, everybody wants to get their hand on the ball because you don't want to be the last person who gets screwed yeah. over. Okay. Yeah, because my thing with it is, like, it, just the fact that it was, like, toilet paper was one of the big items that people were talking about. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's, like, I, I understand more why, like, masks and hand sanitizer and, like... Things things meant to, like, protect, whether they're effective or not, things meant to protect you from getting sick. Yeah. I understand that, but, like, the things, like, I, I don't know, it's, like, it doesn't give you the poops as far as I've read. I mean, <laughs> like, it gives a very small percentage of people the poops. 
Yeah. But yes, you are correct that it is mainly a respiratory issue. Yeah, so it's I don't know. Yeah, but. I don't I don't really know either. I don't know why that's the one particular thing that got latched onto. But I know that mm. it's sort of a it is uh reminiscent of a broader issue mm-hmm. that occurs time and time again whenever there is a virus yeah. sweeping one area or another. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of a lot of people wanted to get really far out in front of things this time. Yep. Yeah. So no. we we have a real jolly start to this episode. I know. COVID nineteen. I'm, like, I'm really trying to like rally today. It was a super long day today for various reasons. Like yeah, everybody's just kind of in a in a dull in a, mood at work. Mm-hmm. Um. And I'm just like, I really want to just not do much tonight, but I still need to do a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I'm just going to talk about my life then for a hot sec because it it might be more fun. I don't know. It won't be more fun, but over the weekend (laughs) I got, uh, shoot. What was I going to say? I had something (laughs) fun to say. Dang it. Mark, you're, you're. Your coronavirus stuff messed me up. Um, well, while you think of that, I will tell you my... I will have a okay. follow-up number two ever, which is we talked about going to the DMV last week. Yes. And I did it on Saturday. Oh, lordy. And I was about 95% successful. That's so, both good uh, well, and... So when I went... Right, I had to go, and luckily there are two uh-huh. lines. There's one line for license type stuff, and one line for registration. And luckily, the line for registration was about a tenth the length. Like I, yeah. I showed up. I was like, "Oh yeah, I've done this DMV thing like one other time on a Saturday," and it, I know that it's a super long line. So I get there at seven. It opens at eight. I get there at seven thirty, and there yep. are already like seventy people in line. Yep. Um. So, but I get in the registration line, and I get to the front maybe 20 minutes later like around 8:20 maybe 8:15 I don't really remember but it didn't take that long and I was pretty happy about that and they uh, and the lady said okay yep thank you good you have your stuff um now we'll need to do a vin check where basically a person from the DMV comes out and comes out to your vehicle and confirms the vin number and checks a whole bunch of different stuff to make sure that your vehicle is like a real thing, I guess. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It isn't stolen. I don't know what they're checking for, but they just check a few things. They officially write down the odometer, mileage, all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, go out, pull up your car to this area and uh, pop your hood and wait out there for someone to come out. So I do mm-hmm. all this. And I wait for half an hour. And finally I say, okay, I need to go back in and wait in line again and tell them that nobody's come out to check me. <laughs> So I do, and eventually someone comes out, and they say, oh, when we said pop your hood, we mean, like, open it up completely, and if it's not open, then we won't come out, (sighs) which seemed dumb, because there's only three spots out there, like, they just have some spots coned off for either at the beginning of a driver's test or for VIN checks, Yeah, and uh, I was the only car in any of them, and, like, nobody else should even be parking there. You'd think someone would have at least come out and been like... Hey, you're not supposed to park there. But no, they just let me sit out there forever. Wow. Yeah, it was really dumb. And so I finally, like, I was like, okay, well, whatever, you're out here now. And so the VIN check happened. And 
I fill out all my forms and blah, 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 blah. And I go back in and stand in line again. And the I thought that the registration person at the registration counter would be able to finish everything. But they were like, okay, cool. Uh, now here's a number. Go wait and we'll call your number. And you'll go to some other window to actually finish. So I sit around. And in reality, it probably only took five or ten minutes for them to call my number. Mm-hmm. And so I go to a different number, and I got this lovely lady named Georgia, um, and uh, she was very nice. And then she says, oh, uh, I need both your and your father's signature on this, because we co-own the car. Oh, even though it's like, even though it's like, there, there's two sorts of relationships that you can have with a co-signing thing. It's like mm-hmm. you can have this or this person, or you could have this and this person. Mm-hmm. And we are an or situation. But that didn't mm-hmm. matter, apparently. And so I need to, so they, they, like, I still paid. They gave me a temporary thing to stick on my rear windshield. Even, like, my Minnesota plates are still fine, so it doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. No one's going to, like, pull me over, but I have it anyway. And I'll, and I need to get this paper signed by my dad and then bring it back to the DMV. And then maybe I will get the treatment of them just giving me plates like they did for you. Uh, but who knows luckily yeah, luckily uh, throughout all of this they never once checked my license so that was kind of interesting huh. um uh, which was yeah. like good because my my biggest worry is that my address isn't updated on my license i think we talked about this mm-hmm. and clearly it didn't turn out to be an issue they never checked for id um so nice yeah they also haven't checked for proof of insurance so I don't know if that's like I, something that they automatically have registered with them. Like if my insurance provider, like it's linked up or whatever, but I don't know. Like, but they never mentioned, they never asked for that. And they also never, I mean, my smog check certificate is like with the DMV, but they still never even like mentioned it. So I don't know if it just like popped up, but in other case, I'm almost hmm. done. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm nice. so close. <laughs> but I, it was like a yeah. two-hour process. <laughs> it was a two-hour process, all that. Yeah, it always is. Yeah. Yeah. The D- When I, I think I already, I've mentioned this long ago when I went to the DMV here, but it's mm-hmm. such a mess because of the real ID stuff. Yep. And like, it's just, meh. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's why I was very happy that this particular DMV has these two individual lines, so you yeah. don't need to cross-contaminate with them. Mm-hmm. That's that's how ours is, too. But when when I went, it was like, oh, yeah, you can walk, like, right up to the desk for the registration, but you have to wait in, like, hecka long lines yeah. for the other stuff. Yep, same. Mm-hmm. So, but, yeah, I'm I'm so close. <laughs> You're almost there, Mark. Yeah, I had to pay a lot of money, though. I was, uh, someone almost convinced me, and I was I was talking about this to a few other people, and was explaining, like, I know that it's going to cost me a lot, because I didn't get it registered right away, mm-hmm. and they'll, like, make me pay penalties for not doing that, even though it's like, yeah, I was registered in Minnesota, and, like, but they don't want you to do that, um, uh-huh. and so I don't know how much it would have been had I registered right away, but it was a... It was a good chunk of change okay. this time. So, yeah. but not as, not as much like the day before I went, I went online and did like their little online fee calculator mm-hmm. and that told me that I would have to pay about double what I ended up paying. 
Hmm. So I'm not sure what saved me. One thing that might have saved me is that whatever tax you paid on your car out of state, if you bring it in state within a year of purchase, then you get some of that off. So they won't like double charge you tax stuff if you yeah. bring it back within a year, which like the uh, the entry date was within a year. So I assume that that counted and that's what saved me maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, neither case. It was nice. It was like, oh, I still, there's still a lot, but it's a little the half of what I thought. So it felt better. <laughs> mm-hmm. Granted, I also didn't know. I still don't really know how much it should cost in general, to register an out-of-state car. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. I don't, I don't know these things. This is way above my pay grade, Mark. Yeah. But there you have it. Did that inspiring DMV story spark anything in your brain about what you wanted to say? No, it didn't. Okay. I'm, I'm very sorry. <laughs> I, I feel okay. like I made a classic Grant move of, like, I built something up, and then... It came crashing down all at once. I'm sorry, you hardly built it up. You you made like a a two-story deck of card house thing. Okay, so there's very little going on there. I've done way worse. Yeah, let's just let's just continue then. Okay, that sounds good to me. Grant has brought Jumpstart by Rob Armstrong. Uh, We have a couple cops. One is sipping coffee, and the other one. Uh, who looks a bit older and a bit grumpier due to his eyebrows, says, My sister Ruth flew home to Bora Bora Island last night. She met a guy on the plane, and they really hit it off. And then his phone rings, and he answers, and looks at his other police partner, and says to the person on the phone, No, I wouldn't describe his expression as pained with jealousy. So, Mark, you, are you, are you jealous? No, I'm kidding. Um, I, am, uh, I am pained with jealousy. Yes, that, that's what I was expecting. Yeah. No. Um, I I wanted to ask you, do you, when you get on an airplane, do you talk to the people next to you ever? Oh, God. Um, <laughs> I feel like we've talked about this, but not like, maybe not on the podcast. I can have. think of... Maybe two instances where I did, and that was mainly a word or two because they said something to me first. Some inane comments about who knows what. Okay. But it's never really been a thing. Like, I whenever I'm getting on a plane, well, if I'm flying southwest where it's open seating, then I'm just getting in a row by myself and sitting in the window and then just kind of you know, pulling out a book or whatever and just kind of keeping to myself. So there's never been a reason to talk to me. Mm -hmm. And so I guess the most that I've ever said to someone that I ended up sitting next to is, excuse me, I'm in the window. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Planes are not for talking. That's that's my, that's what I think. That's, that's or maybe okay. or maybe I've just been lucky and I haven't had to sit at, sit next to any chatty Cathy's while I've been on an airplane. Yeah. Like, like, I'm pleasant enough where it would be fine if someone wanted to strike up a conversation prior to takeoff or whatever. 
Mm-hmm. Um, like there are situations where that could potentially be interesting, but it's nothing that I would engage in myself. Okay. You're not so. much of a, a stranger talker, are you? No, no. I, I feel I like we've established I, this a lot yeah. <laughs> over the course of this podcast. It started when we first talked about going to bars and what we did if we were sitting yep. at a bar. <laughs> yeah, I posed it as a question, but it was more of a statement about you. <laughs> yes, it really was. <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. I just, I, well, I, I traveled this weekend and so I flew. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, on my flight, my last flight back home, um, I had a very interesting conversation with the other two people sitting next to me in my row. Um, and I think I'm, I'm somewhat like you when I get on a plane, like I'm, I never get on a plane looking to talk to people. It's definitely not what I'm there for. Um, but like if I'm sitting next to someone who's like an interesting person and like, I genuinely would be interested in like, would be fine talking to them. And, like, they seem interested in talking to me. Like, I'll talk to them for a little bit. Um, But, like, I definitely don't want to be chatting with someone who has poor conversational skills, you know? Yeah. Um, Yeah, so you're a plain conversation conversation elitist, if you would. No. Yeah, I think so. That's what I'm hearing. No, but it's like, I... He needs his foo-foo conversations about his sour wines and cheese. Oh, my God. Shut up. I'm so done with you. No. It's No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. Like, I'm an it... underwear diva and you're a conversational elitist. Do you want to stop talking? Our thing. I was going to say something <laughs> and then you interrupted me and it was kind of rude and I don't appreciate it. So, anyway, it's it's one of those things where, like, if it happens, that's fine, but I'm definitely not looking for it, and I'm definitely very aware that lots of people do not want to talk. Lots of people are like you. They do not want to talk to the person next to them. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, w- I don't think I would really ever initiate the conversation other than, like, a hello to the person who comes and sits next to me, or a, uh, excuse oh. me, I'm, Ugh. like, by the window. I don't want that. If I sit down, so if I sit down next to someone and I'm like in the window like an and I sit down and, and they just oh like hello, I'd be like what? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> not no, not like an awkward like out of place hello, like a uh, I'm gonna be getting in past them and like oh hey I'm sitting there. That's what I meant by hello. Okay. So I guess maybe I misrepresented it, but anyway. But no, I had a very nice conversation with the people sitting next to me, and I sat next to two very fascinating people, and we had a wonderful conversation. Um, and it's situations like that that make me less of a like sit in my seat and immediately put on my headphones so no one talks to me type person. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What you talk about? I, oh, we talked about a number of things. Um, we talked a tiny bit about why we were each traveling. Um, the woman sitting directly next to me was a dog show judge and so she had been she had been traveling she had traveled to judge a dog show and was heading back to the east coast um and so she like talked a tiny bit about that but she she had wonderful conversation skills she didn't just like drone on and on about dog shows past what people were interested in um and she did a wonderful job of, like, reading the social cues of, like, okay, I'm going to, like, ask you questions about something else because I don't, like, 
it seems like you stopped asking questions about dog shows. So I think you're done hearing about dog shows. <laughs> um, but I, I know, knew very little about like dog judging and I don't, I'm not using any of the right words, but it was very fascinating to hear dog from adjudication. <laughs> sure. Yeah. To hear from her. And like, she was clearly very passionate, passionate and knowledgeable about it. Um, mm-hmm. It was kind of a cool thing to hear. Uh, so we talked about, she talked about that a little bit. And then, the person sitting one seat next to her or one seat past her was uh, a young man, a couple years older than us who grew up in Zimbabwe and uh, moved here when he went to college and studied food science. Hmm. Um, And so we had some interesting conversation about both kind of, uh, world travel and the um the perspective that seeing other cultures and experiencing other cultures gives you kind of on the world and your place in the world Mm -hmm. um and we also talked about kind of chemistry and food science type stuff nice which is i don't know it was just a very pleasant conversation and i i went into the flight like very much like prepared i'm gonna sit down and immediately start watching a movie that i want to start watching because i'm gonna need every second i can to finish the movie during the flight Mm -hmm. or else i'm not gonna get to watch it all and then i'm gonna have to like figure out how to finish watching the movie because i haven't seen the movie before and i want to know the ending (laughs) yeah but then it just like happened and i didn't actually end up watching the movie at all um which i was kind of disappointed about but i had a wonderful conversation and i think it was the type of thing that i can watch the movie I'm more likely to be able to see the movie I was going to watch at another time than I would have that conversation at a different instant. Yeah. Cause oh. it was, we had a couple of like fairly different perspectives from people with very different like life experiences. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was wonderful. So follow up question. Yes. At what time of day did this flight begin? Um, five something. 5.30? PM? Yes. Okay. Yeah, that would also explain our differences in experience. Oh, yeah. You fly like red eyes and crap, fly, don't you? Well, not red eyes, but like my flights to uh, Minneapolis are almost always the 6.30 a.m. flight. Mm-hmm. And if I'm coming okay. back from either Minneapolis or San Francisco, it's very often late in the evening. Yeah. Um, yeah, So that definitely doesn't difference. help. But, but still, I don't know if it's just like, I don't know if I give off an... If I'm just like, yes, don't yes. sit next to people who happen to talk or people don't sit next to me who happen to talk or whatever. Most recently, like I typically just like sit down and I'm reading a book or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. Like, like I have no real strong feelings about not responding to someone talking to me nicely, you know? Wait, what do you mean by that? Do you mean like you're fine just ignoring people who are talking to you nicely? No, no, I'm fine if someone wants to talk to me. I just ha- mm. I just am very rarely going to be in a situation where like, like I'm not going to be the one to start random small talk that leads into something else, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. If I were to notice someone doing something like that was of a particular interest to me, mm-hmm. then maybe I'd mention it. But okay. that's yet to happen, so. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just something that was I was thinking about and wanted to share, and I thought it was 
something that you were probably going to poo-poo on, so well, I, I thought I was just going to go, go with it. <laughs> Mark, you do poo-poo on it just a little bit. No, only only me talking to other people initially. Okay. That is just not something that I'm typically Yeah. super, like, it's more, it's not even like a lack of interest in people around me. It's a, it's a equal mixtures of, you know, I, I don't want to bother people. Yeah. And I'm just not super comfortable doing that mm-hmm. in general. Yeah. Like I, like I don't, I don't know. This is not making me think of like how how lots of moms talk, where a lot of moms talk in a way that you can tell they just like don't like silence. Oh, those are the. You know, the I mean, they're obviously like oh, general, God. like general people like this. Yes, who are I, incredibly uncomfortable with just the concept of silence or yes. being by themselves. Yes, um, I have. I have people popping into my head vividly at the moment. <laughs> yeah, but I see it a lot with moms in certain situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's just like I don't know maybe it's just that that like I have no immediate need while I'm sitting on an airplane to do that mm-hmm. because it's like I'm only what 20 minutes away from having or I'm 20 minutes removed from talking to someone uh, who had you know brought me to the airport and mm-hmm. only a few hours away from like probably talking to Aaron or whatever mm-hmm. or whatever I'm about to do the next day. Like it's not like there's just, it's not filling any sort of need or desire for me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm never going to engage in it. Okay. Like that's, I think that's mainly what it comes down to. Uh, mm-hmm. But if someone brought something up and wanted to talk, like that's fine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a nice person. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. Would you like to to transition here? No, no. I'm gonna ask you a question. Okay. Real quick, because that just made me think of something. Uh, we've we've kind of tangentially approached this topic every once in a while, but how do you think this podcast would make us perceived by like actual strangers? Oh, I don't like that question at all. <laughs> Because, it's, mostly, it's mostly because I said like, "Oh, I'm a nice person," but I don't know if this podcast makes me feel makes me seem like a decent person or like a, a like a sympathetic person or not. Like, I feel like it makes me feel it makes me sound like more of a jerk or a know it all than I think I actually am. Uh, maybe, maybe I don't. I don't know if you come off like that. To be honest, I don't know either. I, but but you have the. You you have the uh, privilege of lots of time to know that that's you know, yeah. like the way that I screw around with people, particularly you. <laughs> yep, I feel like when you first ask the question or first pose the idea of like how does this or how would people perceive us who don't know us, I feel like they would think I'm an idiot, and that's why I don't like this question. Well, maybe because the question brings out our own insecurities. <laughs> More than it does anything real about how people would perceive us. Yeah. Well, because, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel like the the caricature of me that often comes across in these episodes, I feel like often makes me seem like someone who is a complete idiot, but like really wants to not have people think they're an idiot. 
No, I I don't think like I feel very little like like I don't know. We've talked like about my this. constant about inarticulate this nature on this podcast. Yeah, but at the same time, you've shown that you were able to string together a few sentences at least. Uh, and <laughs> boy, yeah. And, you- <laughs> and I, but it definitely does not. I don't think there's almost anything that shows a need for you to feel like you're smart or anything like, uh, like, like you're not like grasping at bones for any sort of compliment about your intellect at any oh, point. No, I'm never doing that, but I'm, co- I feel like I'm constantly getting like shut down and just like messing up really simple things. Yeah. That's life. Yeah. If no, anything, you're fine. relatable. Oh, oh, wonderful. That's just what I want to hear. <laughs> well, one of us has to be. <laughs> yeah. Nah, that's fine. Uh, one of us has to be the foil. The one that everybody's like, ugh. Wait, you think I'm the one that everyone's like, ugh? No, I'm the, no you're, the, you're the relatable one, and I'm the unrelatable one that, uh... ever, that people would disagree with. I don't know. I feel like most of the time people would agree with you. I, I feel like know. most of the time I end up trying to argue with you and then I end up agreeing with you in the end. I have been I have been doing a localized poll of what people would eat in bathtubs and so far I've been on the losing end of that one. I don't even remember the options that we had for this. Well, my op- my choice was literally nothing and anybody who answers like, "Oh yeah, I'd be super fine eating like lots of things" is oh, very yeah. clearly on your side. Yeah. Um, but I have thought about it. I definitely would eat an orange. Uh, oh, this was another question. That's right. This is another thing. So I bought some, uh, you know, like those oh, cutie no. little oranges. Yeah. yeah. So I bought a sack of those because they just sounded very good. And they have been very good. Mm-hmm. Have you ever, with either those mm-hmm. or any other kind of, I guess, general citrus fruit, fruit that comes in slices, have you ever peeled one of those and eaten it and eaten like bitten into more than one slice at a time. Like imagine taking out yeah. a thing and just instead of taking off a slice and eating it, you take out like three slices and they're all in one chunk and you just eat it. Have you ever done that? No, I've never done that. But I just noticed that today at lunch, I watched a coworker peel an orange and pull it in half and then just eat the halves. Okay. Like an apple, like half an apple basically. Like, they kind of peel it apart as they were eating it, but, like, they would, like, bite a piece or two pieces or whatever they ended up biting. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. How was I not triggered at lunch today? I did it with just a cutie this weekend because I was really in a rush. I think it was actually before I went to the DMV, and I was really in a rush, and I just felt like an absolute animal. Like, I felt so uncivilized. There was something incredibly uncomfortable about doing it. I feel like it would make I really juice don't go like everywhere. It. No, like, I mean, these are like, you know, the cutie ones. Like, I can fit three slices in my mouth. It's not like a problem. Oh, okay. So, you're not... so I would just, so I would just take, like, the whole thing and just, like, put it in my mouth. And okay, then just so bite it. But okay. then I'd be going through, like, multiple slices. And it just felt so weird. And it got to the point where when I was on my last hunk, I, <laughs> like, hunk. hunk, my last hemisphere of orange, I, uh... I think, what did I do? I either decided, no, I'm just going to really quickly split these apart and just like pop them in my mouth one at a time. So I'm not doing this. 
or or did I put them all in my mouth, but then like separate them as I ate them so I didn't have to bite through multiple at once because it just felt so <laughs> uncomfortable? I don't know. I don't remember. But in either case, I wanted to avoid the feeling again because I just didn't like it. <laughs> yeah. I just wanted that's... to share that experience with you. <laughs> oh, that's so weird. Yeah. Oh, that was a funny it one. Felt like, it felt like how I would feel if I didn't eat a bomb pop the correct way. Okay. So, we're going to transition <laughs> to your comic now because we're not doing this again. So, you brought Dog Eat Doug by Brian Anderson this week. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I I was pausing to look at it, so I didn't describe it that bad. Okay, sorry. I'll cut and that you, out. Oh, my God. No, you're not. I don't I believe might. you. Okay. You'll and never so, find out. There's a, a brown dog that seems like he is walking with purpose, and he's thinking, oh, wow, you guys are definitely getting in trouble this time. And it cuts to what looks like a garage or something with a huge deep hole in the ground. And there is a small dog sitting on the edge of the hole facing a ladder. And it looks like there's a cat or some other animal climbing up a ladder with a hard hat on. And the animal climbing up the ladder is saying, now when they see how much, or is thinking, not when they see how much lithium we have mined. So are we talking about lithium mining, or is that a cat or a dog? I don't know. Is uh, it a ki- I see. I see. I think I see whiskers, so I assume it's a cat. Yeah. But Let's... I actually didn't pay that close of attention the first time. Like, I just kind of assumed it was also a dog, because why would a cat be digging a hole? That's kind of the joke, I think. Yeah. Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. But I'd need to look around to see what the other character... Oh, excuse me. What the other characters are think it's a cat or i can't tell the whiskers make me think it is yeah well, i don't know um so no, lithium mining or i don't holes. know i don't know why i wanted this comic it just seemed interesting oh my gosh we should have gone into the bomb pop thing again mark's got nothing to talk about no i do have one thing to talk about which is the first comment i'll read it to you hmm not until it's converted into trilithium. But lithium-lithium compounds, also known as lithium salts, are primarily used as a psychiatric medication. It is primarily used to treat bipolar disorder and treat major depressive disorder that does not improve following the use of antidepressants. And in these disorders, it reduces the risk of suicide. Lithium is taken by mouth. That all check out to you, Mr. Chemistry? Um, Could I eat a lithium lithium salt? Is that re- there's a lot going salt? on there? I don't. That know. That doesn't even sound right. Like a lithium lithium compound. I'm not sure what they mean by that. Um, or maybe they're saying, but lithium pause lithium compounds, also known as lithium salts. That's what they're saying. That must be what they mean. Because I know, like, because a salt is like uh, whatever the left side plus the right side. <laughs> Sure. You know what I'm saying? First first call first column plus the second to last column. The first column are called 
are called, I forget what, but the plus a halide or whatever, right? Okay. Yeah, sure, Mark. Good job. Well, how close am I? Tell me. Teach me. Remind me. Well, yeah. Um, What's the first column called? That's the alkali metals. (laughs) Dang it. That's right. And the second column is the alkali earth metals. Yes. Um, the last column is the noble gases. And well, the I, that's why I said. That's why I refrained. Column, that's why I rephrased to say second to last column because I remember that the actual last column was the noble gases. Yeah. Which is yeah. why. Yeah. Oh, I was, but now I'm questioning if I say you called the second to last the halides. Yeah. Or halides. I, th- I always thought it was halides, but I don't know. Well, it doesn't matter how I pronounce it. I just want it to be yeah. kind of correct in what I was saying in my head. <laughs> yeah. Okay. What this comment is saying about, like, I think you're definitely right with the lithium lithium being a lithium pause lithium, because I know, like, yeah. in medicine, they just call it lithium, but in reality, it's like yeah, you're you not giving wanna, you people. You want to eat a chunk lithium. of lithium. Yeah. <laughs> that wouldn't be very good for your tummy. <laughs> Um, it wouldn't, it would be probably not very good for lots of things. Like, well, I know, but I mean, you probably wouldn't make it to your tummy, I guess. Probably, uh, be like, uh, the worst pop rock you ever tried when you put it on your tongue. (laughs) Yeah, you could call it that. Yeah. Like, how much lithium could you put in your mouth before it really hurt you? Depends on your definition of really hurt you, I think. Uh, Um, like, are we talking about, I, I guess our, I guess our first, our first basis would just be survival and then after that it would get tougher to determine because it would be like i guess loss of certain bodily functions like keeping all your teeth intact perhaps yeah like i feel like you could like if you're just trying to survive the instance you would probably put Uh a surprisingly large amount just like in your mouth Hmm. um like it's gonna get really hot really quick and yeah then it's gonna fill your mouth with uh like strong base so like yeah that's not good right or wait yeah yes yes so if my memory serves if you have something that's very basic as you if you would um it like doesn't hurt immediately right um like strong bases if you were to like get it on your skin it's not like like it's still going to do a lot of damage of course but it's not going to be as immediately physically painful as like an acid does this check out because i I I just remember a story that mr ellingson told of him using some very strong base and not using his using proper ppe and he didn't feel anything until he like what was it that he just like couldn't feel his fingertips or whatever like <laughs> that that's not good um i'm gonna be honest i don't particularly know because i okay. haven't had experience like firsthand experience with it mm-hmm. um but tangentially one thing that i am aware of is that um the reactions of like people's like if you get like a strong acid or a strong base on your skin, it, most of them, as because strong acid and strong base are like encounter or encompasses like a number of things, but most of them aren't as like 
quick and horrifyingly bad as people think they are. Yeah. Not that that means you shouldn't be careful, but like if you pour like a most strong acids on your skin, like you're not going to like immediately like die or like burst into flames or like even immediately makes me feel like be in extreme pain. And like, granted, these are all like very relative to how it's being done, what temperature it is, all those sorts of things. But like, if you're pouring like just like room temperature, like concentrated hydrochloric acid on your hand, like it, it's not like it immediately dissolves your skin off at all. Um, Could you get it concentrated enough so that it did? No. No? Okay. Because, like, they're the most concentrated form... Well, no under reasonable circumstances. I, I'm sure you could con- <laughs> construct some bizarre, unreasonable circumstance where maybe... Um, but, like, most of the time, if you, like, wash it off within, like, a minute or two, like, you're just going to have dry skin. Which, hmm. How granted, strong are we talking, though? I thought if I, th- again, this is going, this is, like, years ago memories of the sort of things that I would remember from chemistry because they're interesting. Is yes. I think, like, 12 molar hydrochloric acid is, like, relatively brutal in terms of how how things go. Mm-hmm. Is that accurate? Like I remember it. Like I just, I just kind of remember it being like, that's not even allowed to be, like, to like exist in the chemistry back room. Well, like, in, in high school chemistry labs, like no, they don't let you have anything. Um, but sorry, I'm just googling things because I don't want to be wrong. No, I am too. I'm seeing um, how much this costs from Fisher Science. Because um, twelve molar hydrochloric acid. Yeah, because uh, so that that's concentrated HCl, so that's as yeah. concentrated as you can get. I can it. get half a liter for only seventeen bucks. It's not. Yeah, it's not that nice. They should be. Should, they should deal. be giving me a link. Oh, there's the there's the here's my safety data sheet. Yep. Um, classification. Serious eye damage, category one. Is category one the worst? Don't ask me these questions. I don't work in EHS. You should know what a safety data sheet is. You should know oh, how to read it. I do, and I know how to read it. I just like... So I there's... have categories one, one, one B, category three. <laughs> category three makes it like... What does the category three worse? thing say? Irritant, specific target Organ toxicity following single exposure, category I think, three. I think three is bad. I there's multiple types of cat or like systems to classify things, and it's very confusing for people who, con- at least in my opinion, for people who use them frequently but infrequently, like I do, mm. to keep straight which is which, and especially like not actually looking at the MSDS and I'm or the SDS, and I'm not going to pull it up. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. Um, I just love reading all of them. They've always been so interesting to me. Yeah, because they have to be written like you're dealing with the most dangerous possible situation with them. Yeah. What else can I buy from this website? Can I could I literally just buy this, or do I need like some sort of 
credentials to buy 12 molar hydrochloric acid. <laughs> oh, you, I'm pretty sure you can just buy 12 molar HCl. Hmm. Um, okay, let's see what else I can buy. Wait, are you on... Where are you? Are you on Sigma right now? Fisher Scientific. Oh, Fisher. Yeah, I think you probably can. I don't know. I don't know. I've never personally ordered from Fisher, so I don't know. Okay. I figure you probably can. Because I don't think HCl is like a controlled thing. Sure. Um, I'll buy some lithium foil for the next time you visit. That's. I would say don't do that. 0.75 millimeters thick, 19 millimeters wide. That's a lot of surface area. Um, I would say don't buy that. That's not much surface area at all. <laughs> Compared to a chunk of lithium well, of equal mass, like a round sphere, it's a lot of surface area. I see, yeah, okay. Do you want to guess how much this costs? I bet it's fairly expensive. Like 100 bucks? Yeah, wow, well, you're basically spot on, 9740. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, what about potassium? 